We want to look in Ephesians this evening, and we're going to uh, look at Ephesians chapter 6 and just take a few verses there. We'll also return to some of our teaching in chapter 5 and 4 and 3. We <laughs> just It all fits together. So let's look here. A, worksman, a workman's walk. By the way, I had the wrong title. It, it said a workman's warfare, and I talked about marriage, so I like... Uh, <laughs> I like a workman's walk, the fourth part tonight. That's, forgive me, wife. Chapter 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, Ephesians 6, one. Ephesians 6.2, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up, threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. We'll stop there. And again, Lord, we ask for your Help tonight in this Bible study. You open up our hearts. These areas that we're in, you put them in the scripture. They're so rich in really helping us understand how well you know us, how well you know our tendencies, and how well you want to help us to live rightly and to finish strongly. We ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we're going through the series called Discipleship Living, we finished the chapters in Galatians. We're in Ephesians. We're going to be finishing Ephesians this weekend and then moving ahead from there into Philippians. I just want to let you know in Philippians, there'll be two studies that Pam and I will be gone. So JJ will be taking the Sunday morning study. Sean will be taking the evening on Wednesday night study, and it's great. And we're looking for other men as we continue on that God's raising up with a gift and a desire to teach the word. That's part of our work and ministry. They'll be teaching out of Philippians 3 and 4. But tonight, as we're looking at our study, we want to, and again, just for a few minutes, just to realize again, if you look at your handout sheet, how richly we've been blessed in Christ. We saw in those first three chapters, the laying out of the blessings that we have from Christ. And we saw in chapter 2, this relationship begins by grace, that through faith we're saved, we become these workmen with a purpose. When we speak of workmen, that would imply both men and women. We're here together doing the work of our king. We do it with purpose. There's peace in our heart. In chapter 3, we learn the church is revealed, that the mission of the church is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And in bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, he's going to provide us with the exceedingly great power that we need to do that. We began to see then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, it deals with our walk with Christ. So not only the position that we have, but from this position in Christ, we move out. We move ahead. We begin to take our orders from Christ to live as a believer, as a child of God, as an ambassador. 
And he begins to help explain to us. And again, this will be also referred to as we go through the other epistles, especially in Colossians. But we saw in chapter 4 that the main thing is that we have a walk worthy of our calling. And this idea of a walk worthy of our calling, there was a couple of things we pointed out on Sunday. There was two words, and you'll see it in your handout notes, just to the right of walk worthy. And that is to be equipped and to be forgiven. And again, as I said last uh, on Sunday, the work of the ministry is to train you to be God's servants. The Bible tells us that we're all ministers. We're all ministers. And I know that that word minister has a connotation of the guy that's behind the pulpit right now. That's the minister. Actually, we're all ministers. I'm a pastor teacher. That's a gifting that God has given to me. And it's no greater or better than any of the giftings that you have and that God has given to you. It's wonderful. I'm just using the gifting and the responsibility that God has given to me to glorify him and to build up the body of Christ. But all of us as ministers, we are gathering together and we build one another up. One of the greatest joys that I have as we do have our services on Sunday and Wednesday, specifically here, for me as a pastor to see those that come early, they come early, they help, they set up, they serve, others are coming in, um, and to see the friendships and to see the conversations. And then especially afterwards, it's very interesting that many people are building those relationships, staying around, and we try to accommodate that um, you know, through just our work and whether it's to get a coffee or there's something going on. And it is a great blessing because when you're able to stay, you're ministering one to another. Even though you may not think of it in that context, I do, that the presence of God is in you. And it's very likely on any given Sunday or Wednesday or time we're together, it's very likely that the two or three minutes that you may spend with someone else is a very God-ordained time. And you may think that you didn't necessarily say anything significant, but it could have very well been exactly what that other person needed to hear. Or it may have been the time you're able to pray for them or understand a situation. Or maybe you were to express an an experience that you just had, and it's exactly what they were looking to kind of know, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And God works in that way. That's the way that our Lord works. And it's a great blessing. So you're building up one another. That's why in Hebrews it says, let's not forsake the gathering of of the saints together. Because in our time together, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, love and good works is stirred up amongst us. And so I'm very blessed and delighted. You know, in the summers, we usually have on Wednesday night meals. And they have different theme meals on Wednesday nights. Usually we start in July, do all July and August. But for this year... We like to start it in June because in June this year, on Wednesday nights in June, Wednesday nights we're going to use as a mission night to really help strengthen and direct our Vacation Bible School ministry. So last summer there was about 100 students that came and participated, as well as so many of our church family, that part of our church family, some helped for part, some weren't able to come at all, but as they saw what was going on, There seems to be a strong commitment to build up those teams of ministry for the Vacation Bible School. The theme is creation. But through June, we're going to spend Wednesday nights doing that. And if there's anybody that is not participating in that, we'll also have on the side a study and a way to build people up through God's word. But the main thing is 
is to see the teams form, take the time we need to prepare. And just as a church thing, God's brought the mission in the house. He's brought it here for us. So we think that maybe the Lord would be gracious enough to bring about 150 of children, children this year uh, to what we prepare for. Again, he'll, he'll bring whatever he feels we're responsible to serve and to love. He'll do that. That's, that's the deal. But I'd like to have our meals start in, in June. And then also on Sundays, since we have the new fire pit out there, the courts and other things, as we move in the warmer months, even Sundays, using after church on Sundays, an opportunity for fellowship and food and things like that. Just, just really looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, that's three now. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, when we're looking back at our notes here and flying along here rather quickly, we want to walk in love, and that is in chapter five to be imitators of Christ. And the only way that we can imitate Christ. I think, is when we understand what sacrificial living is. And that idea of sacrifice is so important. So for believers, um, a lot of what happens initially is at a convenience. It's sincere. It's sincere, but it's more convenient. In other words, it's working around your life, your schedule, and it's there. It's good. It's a nice first step. But in our walk with the Lord the area of sacrificial living, because if we're going to imitate Jesus Christ, the deal is this. When your world, and most we all live in it, but when we are experiencing constant interruption, and I know as you have children and are raising them and everything else like that, I think you're moving into that realm of sacrificial living. It's In other words, how do you live your life and be responsible, do the things, but knowing that your life is filled with constant interruptions. And how do you not let those interruptions create frustration? But how, by the Holy Spirit of God, are you able to work through and honor God and live for God and imitate Christ in all of that? So simply stated, sacrificial living is when our lives are continually being interrupted and it's not bumping us off the track. We're staying on the track and realizing, Lord, I need your help. I don't know how to do this. I need your help. See us through. And that's how Jesus lived and ministered. It's very interesting, and it's rather uh, concerning to me because I'll have phone calls here during the week from people that are calling here, and they don't attend here. They have a spiritual question and a spiritual need. And my first question is, I think you should be speaking to your pastor. He'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from our fellowship. He said, well, my pastor's too busy. I says, well, I don't think he is. I think that he would like to hear from you. You need to. There's that perception. And it's interesting that when Jesus was ministering, it seemed that he had time for people. And obviously, that's our goal, to have time for people. And that's what, that's what the Lord has called the work and the pastors and one another to minister. Be imitators of Christ. The next point that we looked at, again, it's a review. We're walking with Christ And we talked about walking in the light, fellowship with the light. That means fellowship with the Lord. How do you know if you're walking in the light? Because your life is fruitful and you're no longer wanting to participate in the things that once were associated with your life. In other words, places of darkness, places of sin, and things like that. People have an interesting and a really good question. The question is, is when I'm walking in faith in Christ, I have a world that I I was in before I became a Christian. What about those friends? 
What's my relationship or do I just write them all off? The answer is no. Try to maintain those relationships as best as you can. You want them to be jealous for the relationship you have with Christ. You want that to take place. So you want to maintain those relationships as best as you can. Now, you know that by doing that, that means that there's certain parties, there's certain activities, there's certain things you can't go to anymore. And they're going to interpret the fact that you don't want to go to it by saying you are just acting so much better than we are. You're so self-righteous. So the response will be somewhat condescending, somewhat critical, somewhat sharp, somewhat sarcastic. Don't respond with sarcasm. Just say, you know what? We did have a lot of great times together. And I enjoyed, you know, being with you. But truly, you know, my life has changed and the new commitments that I'm making, I'm trying to honor God. And so it's not that I don't want to be with you, but I just need to be with God more right now. And I'm actually very weak in those situations. Actually, as you know, those situations didn't necessarily bring out the best in my life. And so God's doing a new work in my life. So I appreciate your patience with me, but don't misinterpret. I really care about you. I just can't, I just can't be doing, be in those places anymore. So, and then, are you following me? And then there's going to be things that happen in their life that you become aware of right away. You know how word gets around. You want to be the first one to call. You want to be the first one to send a note. You want to be the first one to bring some groceries. You want to be the first one that responds in love that not justifies what you did. It validates your love for God and your love for them. You want to do that. And that's what it's about. So when you're looking here, we want to walk in the light and then... We looked at uh, chapter 5 again, verses 15 through 21, walking in wisdom. And the key right there is yielding, and it's humbly yielding. And when we're we're walking in this uh, wisdom, to be able to yield, as we saw, it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I would say that that's an area that, and I was talking to Ike earlier tonight, but, you know, Sunday night we had a time of worship, and it was a blessing, and it always is when we're together, as it is here and on Sunday. But I would think that the Lord may want us to really schedule an ongoing monthly time, whether we take a Wednesday night to do that or just what, I'm not certain. But I believe that that's an area in our discipleship living that God wants to see come alive in a greater way. In other words, through the time of worship, being able to, uh, we can have communion as well, but being able to pray, being able to be prayed for, being able to ask for the empowering of the Holy Spirit, just taking time in the presence of God to have our hearts and our souls strengthened and to be filled with this Holy Spirit, to be encouraged. Amen? And, and I just, when we look at life and situations, it's got to be in a way that can, can have really, you know, we can schedule different things, but it may be not the best for people that most need to come because of children. So Wednesday night and having childcare and things like that, that might be what God wants. So be praying because I think there's a, in my heart, there's a sense of urgency to be able to, experience more of that in our fellowship together with everything else that the Lord is doing. Because when we're looking at being filled with the Holy Spirit, everything moves out from there. So if as a ministry, we're not taking the significant time given, you know, that we can, you know, have that time, then it's not helpful as we're helping people in their walk with the Lord. At least that's how I see it and trust that the Lord's leading. So Looking forward to those times. And by the way, 
after any service, there's an opportunity. We have time. We're here to pray for you, work through things. We're here on Tuesday nights for prayer. We're going to change that to 530. Uh, so if that works for your schedule, that'd be great. So prayer on Tuesdays at 530 to 630 would be where we're going to be at on that. So looking again here, humbly yielding, and then we get into the two areas, relationship-wise, husbands and wives. We see that wives, as we said on Sunday, the key word is submission. The key word for the husband I have is surrender. For the wife, that submission leads to respect. For husband, the surrender leads to love. And God has left it a rather simple in its definition. Again, with all the marriage things that are out there, and I would encourage anybody in any way, anything that could help strengthen your marriage, I'm for that. I'm absolutely for that, but not before this first. This has to take place. Because we can look at, I can look at things in my marriage that, uh, I'll give an example. When we have the three girls and, and they're growing up, I mean, the house, it's it just, you have three kids. They're young. They're growing up. And for me, you know, when I'm coming home and I feel like there's like a lot of chaos in my life, so I just need some sense of little order, okay? And that's me. It's, it's just my, me to the extreme, it's not good, okay? But it's like a little bit of an order. So my wife did, doesn't have that same need. She's, I mean, she's extremely organized, tidy, neat, clean, all that. But when raising the children, her priority is the children and taking care and providing an environment for that, which is, is a home run. So for me, just to make it work in my mind, just to make it work, I bought a plastic rake and I just would rake the toys to one side in the play area and just all I needed was a path. I know, I'm, you know, I've got problems in my mind. It's all right. But all I needed was a path. And she goes, you like that? I go, oh, yeah, just, I got a path. It's a clear path. That's good. And uh, so for me, that's, that's the deal. And then she would be, uh, I'd say, well, I'll help out. I'll clean. I'll vacuum. So I start to vacuum, but I'm hitting things and just, you know, I'm mad when I'm vacuuming. There's no, there's no love. So when I'm done, I'm thinking, She's going to say, under the idea of, you know, I really love you, the, the whole respect thing coming up, it's kind of like, she goes, what do you want? <laughs> Look what I just did. She goes, you did that for yourself. You just did that because you just did that because it makes you feel good. I mean, she sees right through. The motivation of love wasn't there. She's right. Do you follow me on this? So when we're looking at these relationships that we have, when we're looking at at uh, submission and surrender, God's looking at the heart. And that's why when he's looking at the heart, we can do all these other things out there. But if we haven't taken our heart before God and before God saying, God, it's not the 10 things I'm not doing or the 10 things that I need to be doing, because I like that list. Just show me that list and I'll accomplish that list. I'll check off. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. My heart's not right. And those are good things to do, but the first thing is the heart before God. And so that's why we pray and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have the capacity because the Holy Spirit can work. And when the Holy Spirit can work, then I can say those, those words. They're hard words. They're just three words, but they're so hard. I was wrong. 
please forgive me. It's just so hard words to say when your heart is hard, but you can't say them. Just think if you could. I mean, they're just, we're done in six seconds with the right heart. And there could be joy. But we let our hearts get contaminated and we grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is saying, you know what you need to do. And we're battling God. And the battle in relationship isn't your spouse or children. It's you and God for the most part. It's you and God for the most part. We have to bring it before God. And we have to be broken before the Lord. And continually broken before the Lord. Because our flesh moves out. And this is a continual work. I shared this illustration. It was Pastor Howard Hendricks. He taught at Dallas Theological Seminary. He he still does, I believe. He's the one that taught like Chuck Swindoll and others. So you know he's been around for a long time. I really got plugged into him because he was quite a discipler. He said one time in his office that one of the students came in and had been married for a couple of years And this student, this man came in and began to talk about his wife. And Pastor Howard Hendricks said he just got out his sheet of paper and just started to write as this guy was just talking about all the things that were wrong with his wife. Kept writing, 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 turn it over, write, write, write. He said, fine, the guy had to stop and take a breath. And he said, when he took the breath, it gave me a chance, Pastor Howard Hendricks said, to look at this list that was getting longer. He says, I can't believe all these things. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. All these things, I'm surprised. Yeah, he says, I'm surprised too. Look at all these things. You married a woman like that? He goes, yeah, I, I, I married a woman like that? Pastor Howard Henry says, well, actually, she wasn't like that. When you married her, you made her like that. You made her like that. And that's true. That our lives will dictate men the kind of relationship that we have. And that's why we have to come to the Lord and say, God, I need you. I need to be like Jesus. And it never ends. It never ends. But we don't want to quit. We don't want to quit. Because all of us think about that. All of us do. But we don't want to quit. We want to stay there, and we want God to work. We were studying with the men on faith this week with Pastor Chuck, and as we're going through some of the questions, but the words like, I can't, or it won't happen, or I don't see how it could happen, those just don't work with me. I'm prideful, I know that. But in terms of a relationship with the Lord, it's a given to me that we're facing things that we really can't do in and of ourselves. We can't. It's beyond us. It's beyond our capacity to understand or to know or to figure out. It's a given. But when I can't or I won't or it won't work out, that has such negative, pessimistic unbelief in it that I believe God's going to work. I just cannot subscribe to it. I cannot put my hand, my heart, my mind around it. God's going to work. I believe God's going to work. 
We're not going to quit. We're going to stick with it. We're going to see God see this through. God's got something going on. I'm crushed. I don't understand. But we're not going to quit. We believe God. Because when we get into our next study on Sunday about the armor of God in the battle, you'll see. So just like the battle is there many times, and we'll get through it on Sunday, but the reason, as we're going through relationships, many of the reasons are because I'm not repenting and being filled with the Holy Spirit and seeking forgiveness. Therefore, my walk here is messed up. And then there's a spiritual dynamic that's coming in in those times and coming in hard and fast and strong, and I'm unaware of it. I'm ignorant of it because I think the problem is someone else. The problem is me, and the problem is the enemy and darkness coming in, and I don't have the armor of God on. I'm fighting things in the flesh and carnally. I believe in God, of course, but it's defeat. I'm not using the word of God, not praying. I mean, all the things that we'll see is the armor. I haven't suited up for the day. And I enter into the day being defeated. And then you try to navigate being a parent. You try to navigate in the workplace. You try to work through being a husband and a wife. And you see, why isn't this working? Those are the dynamics. Myself and spiritual battles are converging in my life. And I can contend by calling out to God and responding to the Holy Spirit And I could put on the armor of God and learn how to battle those battles. And then I could make it a very sweet relationship. With all that happening, it could be what God wants. That's what he's telling us here. Because to maybe prove the point, we must think, consider that probably, and I've stated this before, but out of 10 married couples, there may be only two, maybe out of the ten, married, believing couples that are praying with any consistency. And because of that, you just, you just let the, the walls down. It's like you, you would never allow your children as parents to be put in a dangerous situation. You'd never leave them unattended. You'd never leave the you know, the gates open and, and let the wild animals come in. You'd be there protecting them. And God said in prayer, it's the same thing, that you let the gates open. You just let it go instead of understanding what prayer can accomplish in protecting and being there for us. So when we get down here and just look real briefly here, but for children, it's obedience. And it's obedience unto the Lord or in the Lord. And there's a sense of honor and promise. That's what the scriptures say. Parents, you are the parent. I know you know that. But why are the children dictating the way things are to be? You're the parent. You lead in the house. You take the leadership in the house. That's your responsibility. As a parent. Many times we parent out of our own guilt. Our own discouragement or whatever else. God has called us as parents to lead. Not to provoke. To bring a nurturing training environment. Which includes encouragement and correction. 
You want to lead your children. They're going to be facing this world that we're talking about. They're going to be facing a future and a spouse and jobs and teachers. Are you teaching them love? Are you teaching them respect? Do they see that demonstrated in your life and in your family? And as employees, again, as to Christ, all of this is as to Christ. So when you want to contest your employer, children want to contest their parents. It's the Lord you're fighting against. Everything we do is unto the Lord. So my work here is unto the Lord. When you're serving and working as unto the Lord, you'll be diligent. And when you live with the presence of God right with us, the abiding presence of God with you, it changes things. When you realize that Christ is in the workplace, if you're the employer, you want to lead like Christ would lead, an employee the same way. You want to have that relationship that honors God. You want to be the absolute best. And again, I like what it says. He explains it rather well, not with eye service. In other words, is your, employee, your employer comes and you respond to the employer. When he turns his back, you look to the employees and go, oh, what a thing. You know, blah, blah. That's called eye service. That's called attitude. That's called being a disgraceful Christian. Verse saying, I thank God for the superintendent or the boss that we have. Begin to pray for him. You begin to pray for his wife in a situation. You know, many times the only reason you have that job is because God wants to provide for you, but he wants you to be the light in that place. God is the ultimate human resource director, and he brings us into places and situations, and he says, I thought you were going to be my representative here. When did it all change? When did it all become about you and your rights and what you don't get and this and that? When, when was it just, when did that ever happen? And this is how God grows us up, because those attitudes we take home. Again, we're trying to train this next generation in the way that Lord has for us. We're going to stand right now. The team's going to lead us in one more song if we could, but let's stand and pray. We've got more on Sunday. Father, we stand right now, and we thank you, God, for the time that we have had. We thank you for your scriptures. I don't know where I would be personally without the the word of God that you've given to us, as we're in Ephesians, it just is so rich and helpful. You reveal how we're put together. You reveal how you want to be the Lord over our lives. You encourage us, Lord, on how best relationships can really flourish. You begin to teach us, Lord, of the dynamics that are in play that we were never aware of, the principalities and powers that are, Lord, we're contending. We want to be not only great lovers, but we want to be great fighters as well against the spiritual forces to understand that. Help us, Lord. Minister to us in this last song, Lord.